0: Hello and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. We're going to go to a quick disclaimer and then when we come back, we're just going to jump right on in to tonight's show.
1: The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617 708 3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.
0: Okay, so welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. And let's just get right down to it. So I've been given social and political commentary for about 16 years now. And almost 16 years. And I have... Never veered into territory that saw me peddling gossip. Never did anyone see me look up information that's admittedly publicly available in the hopes of finding something to... Diminish somebody. I have tried to pedal in pedal. I have tried to work with, maybe that's a better way to phrase it. I've tried to work with facts based on solid research. And when I have been mistaken, Even if it's just maybe I'm mispronouncing somebody's name, something that may not seem like a big deal, but for me it is, I've corrected myself. I've tried to correct myself as often as possible when I have discovered that I've made a mistake because I have set out to be a source of information that people can trust, And when I'm giving my opinion, I still try to base that on having done research and having listened to different perspectives. Because again, it's kind of the same principle that I've wanted to be someone that people take the time to listen to because I have something worthwhile to say. I I I have to admit though it hasn't been a straightforward path to what some people would call success and that's that's actually fine because I think that the standards by which so many people determine success now, it's it's kind of bogus, to be honest. And so you have people who think giving commentary is as simple as networking. I knew two people back in the day, and they basically networked their way into opportunities and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad way but you have to have substance and I don't think either one of these people did do and as far as I know well one of the two might still be in Massachusetts but this other person um, there was a duo the other person is definitely not in Massachusetts, at least not to my knowledge, unless he's moved back. Neither one of these two people uh, was someone that really, they weren't interested in, certainly not hard-hitting journalism. They were commentators. And and there's nothing wrong with that because there is a place in our communities for that. Especially if it's a perspective that's principled and it's articulate and intelligent. And, you know, that's certainly what I've tried to be. I, I don't know if I've always succeeded, but that's certainly what I've tried to be. So, Certainly, there is a place for for people who want to give their, their opinion. But I think these two, they just, it was about throwing out red meat. It was about throwing out red meat. And after a certain point, it was like, well, where were they supposed to go? And so I guess they ran out of connections and they ran out of steam. Okay. Now we have people, though, and it's, it's so funny because I bring up this duo because thinking back, it seems like, oh, the good old days, because now we have people who want to offer commentary. And I just, they don't even have, the lack of standards that these two, this duo had. Um, In other words, if it's possible, they're, they're at a rung below people who have lack of standards. And I say this duo, again, had lack of standards because they were all about just body surfing headlines and throwing out red meat. The people today that want to give their two cents it's it's pretty it's pretty grim. <laughs> it's pretty grim. So you have people who they go to a meeting. Let me give you a very concrete example. So you have someone like Catherine Vitale, and I well, I do know what her end game is. She's looking for a job. <laughs> She's looking for a job where she can do a minimum amount of work and get a maximum amount of pay. Hey, get in line, sister. We all are. Well, I mean, let let me, let me, let me, let me hit the rewind button. Uh, We all would like to have a job where we're well remunerated, but I think that, I know that certainly some of us have more of a work ethic than Miss Vitali. So, Catherine, at one point, I'll be honest, at one point I thought that she would actually be someone that would make a compelling candidate and someone that would be able to represent, you know, a variety of people, but certainly some people that have been grossly overlooked. But it didn't take long before I realized that that wasn't something that she could do. And, you know, my thinking that she could ably represent people, however large or small the constituency like I said, it it just it really didn't last very long because I started seeing behavior that I didn't like. And this is well before she started showing up at public meetings, disrupting them with bullhorns, with her ever-present iPhone, recording things selectively. And, and let's talk about that because I have... Mentioned this this tactic this gorilla tactic if you will but i think it it bears reiteration and so you have a phenomenon where people give commentary but it's because so many people can do it now and and really anyone can do it there's this competition For attention. And rather than offer something of quality, what people do is they seek to shock and grab your attention. So there is really, you know, there are no boundaries anymore. And it's shameful and it's embarrassing and it's disgusting and it's disgraceful, but there are no boundaries anymore. And there's this race to the bottom but there's no bottom in sight, right? And so, you know, one of these gorilla tactics that, that is used now is people will, you know, put forth, post a video from their iPhone. You know, Look, I was I was right there. I was a witness and this is what went down. Okay, but what they most likely not telling you is that some provocation took place before the filming started so it's not at all uncommon to see people very very upset they might be acting in a way that doesn't really normally define who they are maybe or maybe it does i don't know but but there is the possibility that you might find someone who's upset um, his or her demeanor doesn't always, or uh, you know, that was captured, uh, doesn't always or, or uh, wouldn't um, be in line with how the person normally carries his or herself. Right? So there's that. Um, but but it's I'm, I'm choosing my words. I'm choosing my words carefully because <laughs> I can't just say anything I want on on air. Um, but, it, I mean, this, this behavior really disgusts me because the provocation, saying horrible things. But all people see is someone erupting. And again, that might not be... W- what is the normal demeanor of a a particular individual or individuals. We don't get the fullness, if you will, of the context. We just get this snippet. And it's designed to attract the most attention. So the idea is to look for... Or engineer, that's a better word, engineer a situation that's negative. Let me give you a concrete, very concrete example. I was in East Boston. I went to uh, a meeting for Republicans in East Boston, and Donnie Palmer was there. And he was, I didn't like his attitude to begin with. But at one point, it, it just, things started to unravel. So he was being very disrespectful. And that's, we've come now, a lot of us to expect that from Tony Ballmer. Um, He was being very disrespectful. He wasn't acknowledging me. He was not acknowledging everyone around me. And it's like, uh, okay. Um, And at one point when he finally did deign to speak to me, he said, oh, and, and what's your name? I'm Donnie Palmer. I said, you know who I am. Because you see, the way I am as a person is the way I am when I'm moving around in political circles. There is no difference. And I don't see any need to tweak anything or to maybe be a little bit different. No, it's, this is who I am. And so who I am, regardless of the space I venture into, this is who I'm going to be, is who I am. Now, it doesn't bother me if someone doesn't know me, if someone doesn't know me, someone doesn't know me, that's okay. Why Why would I get upset about that? When someone's going to play games, though, when I know that someone knows me and they're going to pull that, it's just, okay, well, you're just being ignorant. And I just, I don't have time for it. So there was kind of like a lead up to it. And then when he finally spoke to me, he was just, he was just very, very rude. And, you know, I, like I said, I calmly, I... I'm going to say now that I calmly said, you know who I am. He immediately exploded and he um, he was very nasty. You know, he tried to get my face. That didn't work. And then he used a racial slur. So he used an antiquated word for the N-word. And after he said that to me, he immediately got his phone out, whipped it out and turned it on me. Like, so, you know, like as if he were ready to film me and I didn't bite because it's like, okay, you want to call me the N-word or an equivalent, you you have at it. That That says what you are. That doesn't say what I am. So... I didn't give him a reaction, so the phone went away. But let's just contemplate for a minute what would have happened if I had reacted the way he clearly wanted me to. On the camera would have went, there would have been a video, it would have been posted online, and it it, you know, any caption would have read along the lines of see how Rachel Meiselman's acting. Look at how this is who she really is. Oh my goodness, look at this. This is terrible. Can you see what a horrible person she is? I don't like that. If I'm a horrible person, then I'm a horrible person. I I try not to be a horrible person. I try to be a good person. But my point is, is if I'm a horrible person, I do think that that's going to show. I think that that's going to come through. I don't like this idea of we're going to engineer a situation to elicit a response. Then we're going to make a video, whip out our phones and make a video of you reacting to the provocation. And then we're going to say, this is who you are. I find that very nasty. I find that very dishonest. But we have people now who do something like that, like Donnie Palmer, and he's supposedly running for Congress. hes I mean, the only thing that he should be running for is the bus. okay? but he's not running for, I mean, running for Congress. Yeah, lots of air quotes there. I, I think Iana he's supposed to be running against Diana Presley. I think Ayanna Presley um can go to bed tonight and every other night uh breathing easily uh you know if if an actual candidate is not recruited to run against her, she will get reelected and and that's that that's all I'm gonna say about that. But it's not just Donnie Palmer engaging in this kind of despicable behavior. You have Catherine Vitali doing it too. And if she's not actually doing it herself, she'll share someone share the efforts of someone else who's done it. And again, I don't like that. If 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 Catherine wants to share information, if she wants to weigh in on the issues of the day, that I have no problem with. I don't, at this point, I really don't like her positions. I don't like the people that she has defended. I have been very public (laughs) and my condemnation of her defending a Nazi, Diana Ploss. Uh, So she knows exactly where I stand and she can, she cannot play Mickey the Dunce. I mean, I suppose she could, but it's, I've been very open. I think she's rubbed shoulders and rubbed elbows with people who are utterly vile. And I think she's vile for doing that. Uh, And then, you know, of course, there are other things such as such as this behavior that I've been describing. Nevertheless, if she wants to weigh in on the on the on the issues of the day, she certainly she has that right. But be responsible, be respectable. Do so in a way that honestly introduces a different perspective in the marketplace of ideas. But I guess if you have someone who's doing all this other kind of business, it's then unrealistic to expect them to be presentable and to be honorable, um, you know, with, you know, how how they interact with other people. And when I say presentable, it's not just about, for me, appearance. It's just... It goes beyond that. It's your face, not your literal face that you're putting on, but what you want people to think of you and what you're doing so that people will actually think that. You know, in other words, it's not just about... You know being nice publicly and then behind closed doors being the devil right or being just nasty or ignorant or insufferable it's it's about you're putting your best foot forward you're putting your you know your best face on it's how you are as a person and 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 your words and actions that you know your behavior that that goes that that underpins. That supports and that buttresses that kind of like hi, this is who I am right you you want to be a decent person, not just in image but in reality that that's what I'm getting at um and so <clears throat> you know, back to this particular type of behavior it's just it's scuzzy it it really is scuzzy, and you know, like I said. <clears throat> I can hardly expect Catherine or anyone else who engages in in this type of behavior um, to then give commentary that's intelligent or or insightful or interesting or thought-provoking. You know, everything is designed to get shares and, and likes. People traffic in outrage. People traffic in in emotion. They work with emotion. They don't work with facts. They don't work with intelligent opinion. They work with base, baseness. (laughs) They work with um, base behavior. They engage in base behavior. And so all of that, I think, is... is, uh, Really sad, because I remember years and years ago when I first started giving commentary, before I discovered that you could be a citizen journalist, I said to myself, my goodness, I went to law school. I don't regret that, but the idea of being a journalist really is appealing to me. I think journalists have very important jobs. And so whatever I've done over the last almost 16 years, I've tried to be respectable about it. And my goodness, when I write, although I haven't written anything literally in years, like, for as you know, as far as an article, oh, my goodness. I think it really has been... Hmm... Like, I'm not talking about just like, you know, I, I've written, I wrote a piece or two when I uh, I ran for Congress in 2020. But just talking about, you know, uh, just a piece uh, like reporting on an issue, covering uh, an event, uh, weighing in on, phen- uh, on a phenomenon, a phenomena. I haven't done anything like that, believe it or not, for like about five or six years I think I have to go back and look, but I, it's been a really long time. Uh, my writing, so to speak, has been pretty much restricted to just blurbs and, you know, like posts on, on social media. But at some point, I, 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 uh, I'll get back to writing because it really is a joy to do it. Um, I find a lot of joy in it. Um, but it's also it's 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 an effort for me because I go over, over every word, every period, every comma, every dash. So it's very—it's a very uh, labor-intensive effort for me. Um, but when I write something good, I feel good. But almost inevitably, I write something and then I go back and read it like well after the fact, you know, after after it's been published. And I say, "Oh my gosh, this is just such garbage." <laughs> so I'm I'm very hard on myself, but it's you know in relating this, it, it's just it's to communicate the seriousness with which I take given commentary, and I don't even get paid for it, but I just the the, the service. Of disseminating information, I just I, I think there's a need for different perspectives, and and I, I want to do it, and I want to be good at it, and so it's been a labor of love, uh, really, uh, for the last almost sixteen years. But today, like I said, that you know a lot of people eschew working on the uh on on their craft they don't even want to learn it and it's just about getting people to notice them it's about getting attention it's about likes it's about shares uh shares um you know all of this and it's you know reposts and all of this and it's just it's very very it's very unfortunate and And so now what we have is we have this real cacophony and we have, and it's ironic because more than ever, we have all these people like, you know, this is what I think and this is what I know and I believe and I assert and I submit and I put forth, you know, more than ever, we have people, despite all the voices talking, it feels like we have less principled, intelligent talk less than ever before, and things are much more polarized. There isn't a lot of room or space for people who want to practice nuance where it's needed, and that's so unfortunate. A given commentary is not it's certainly not the same as engaging in the conduct that I described, the different types of conduct. It's not paying a subscription on X. I mean, it's it's not any of these things. It's you know, you if you wanna be good and you wanna be respected and seen as someone who has something of merit to say Then you have to work at it. And it's not about, it's not about money. Although Honestly, I wouldn't mind getting paid for this at one point, but you know, it's, 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 it's about the love of doing it. And it's about people hearing another way of thinking, because I think that more than ever, People do want to hear other ways of thinking. They want to hear different ideas. So let me give you an example, because I don't like to speak in generalities. I mean, sometimes I can, but I think that I make my point, it's more cogent if I present the generality, but then I give you a specific. So... You know, here I am talking about, I think that there's um, a real appetite, if you will, for hearing different perspectives. And so I mentioned on, you know, a very recent show that, you know, this prevailing or the prevailing narrative about Walgreens closing in some neighborhoods in Boston that happen to have a large minority po- population. Uh, the idea is that it's, well, it's racism. Racism is at play. And you have these big corporations and they are being disrespectful toward communities of color. Well, there are people, including people in those communities that are being the most directly impacted, and who who are of color in some instances, and they're going to tell you that this is about theft. I don't care if we're talking about a mom, a pop store, a corporation, although if you're talking about a corporation, they can withstand theft, rampant theft, a lot longer than a mom and pop store. But they can't withstand it. I mean, there, there, there is an expiration date. There is a expiration date. There is, there is a point, it's a better way to phrase it, there is a point at which People, the people who make decisions for one store or another are going to say, you know what, we need to close the store because it's just the losses are just too great. I think there are people who want to hear that. They want to hear that because racism, really? Well, if, 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 we're, if we're about racism, why did Walgreens go into these places to begin with? because these particular neighborhoods have been the demographics have been such as they are for for a while now right and and even if you know a particular walgreens was perhaps in a particular spot before the city started seeing shifts in in one neighborhood or another. These stores stayed. So to, to paint Walgreens as racist, that's very offensive. And so I said on a very recent show that let's talk about theft. Why can't we talk about that? We can't have people just helping themselves to what's on the shelf. That's called stealing. That's theft. And there has to be consequences. And when we say that it's because of racism, you're insulting above all the people who live right there in those uh, those particular communities because You're saying that bad behavior can take place in those communities and it's going to be excused. And the people who live there just have to take it on the chin, turn the other cheek and just stiff upper lip and just keep keep moving one foot in front of the other. And I say no. It's horribly disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. If you want to talk about racism, well, that's racism. But that Walgreens is closing. Well, what, what are these? What, what are these corporations supposed to do? What is Walgreens supposed to do? You have employees in, in those particular stores, and I'm sure that there were instances where they didn't feel safe. So there are all these different things that play, but when I talk about no, we just say it's racism, and then we have people who rally, and it's just so ridiculous. Well, you know, the Wal- Walgreens uh, can't do that to the hood. Well, the hood can't do that to Walgreens. How about this? Oh, the politicians can't do that to Walgreens. I'm tired. I'm, I'm just. I'm tired of one narrative being put forth about an issue that ultimately impacts us all. And then while the rest of us supposed to just kind of sit back and say, oh, okay, no, there has to be other perspectives. Uh, there have to be other perspectives rather. And, and and I happen to think I'm right, <laughs> so there could be someone listening to me saying, "Oh, I'm sure you do think you're right." Yes, I'm sure I, I do. In fact, I'm I'm positive. <laughs> you know, it's it's because I talk to people. I talk to a wide variety of people, and I know that theft theft rather is prevalent. But this is an example of. getting other perspectives out there and how it's important. Because if we have the perspective that I'm putting forth, and I'm not the only one, but I'm just being kind of loud about it. Okay, this is going to kind of go up against what I call the, the prevailing narrative that it's just down to racism. Walgreens is being racist, which is absolutely absurd. But it's going to provoke conversation, or at least that's the hope. And it's also a way to hold people accountable. Everything isn't down to racism. And racism still, I believe, is a very, very serious thing. It still is very much an actual thing. And I think that we diminish the scourge that is racism and we insult the actual victims of racism by haphazardly throwing out the accusation, the allegation of racism. I'm going to go to a quick break. Um, When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about perspectives and the need to hear different voices and citizen citizen. Uh, journalism, but we are going to also pivot a little bit. But first, that break. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify, and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP. Or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877 384 Hey, everything okay?
1: Yes, I'm fine. Honey. Hey,
0: I'm here for you. Tell me about school today. When kids can't find the right words, music can help them sound it out. Talk to the kids in your life about their emotional well-being. Find tools and resources at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Hello and welcome back to Bostonian Wrap. You are listening to me, Rachel Leiselman, on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. So we were talking about citizen journalism and different perspectives and commentary and how everyone thinks he or she is a commentator just by virtue of opening his or her mouth a posting something on Facebook or X. And, and that's just really, if you're serious, that's just not quite how it works. And I also hope I communicated that there's real value in being a citizen journalist. And I think it's, it's really, more than ever, um, you know, those who take it seriously, it's, it's providing, I think, uh, an important role in community. I do you know another another way really that citizen journalists can make a difference is educating people on the players that have the authority to make a change on a particular issue educating people on how they themselves should they so wish be commentators Or if they want to maybe become one of the decision makers that can make a difference uh, on a particular issue. Because think about it, journalists are gatekeepers, and I've said this so many times over the years, they are the gatekeepers of information and what goes through and how it goes through. That goes a long way in... Yes, the education of people, but also, and I've said this many times over the years, um, provoking conversation, but also shaping the way it unfolds. So that's important too. Am I saying that everything has to be a cerebral exercise? No. Am I saying everything that has to, it has to be uh, of the utmost importance that one has to think and 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 ponder and 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 deliberate over every word that one posts on social media and elsewhere. No, I'm just saying, be responsible, be honorable, and just act in good faith. It's as simple as that. Uh, if one is going to put himself out there then I think that it's important to then to 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 be responsible and and be accountable to others for the information that is disseminating disseminated and for the opinion that is shared. That's all. But I did say that I wanted to kind of get into a pivot. And so I do. And so I know that I sound very much like a broken record, um, but I really want to grow the Republican Party because I think that good government is so important. Good government. um, When we have good government at play, when we have good players, when we have smart, knowledgeable people, it makes all the difference in the world. Let me give you an example. So during the pandemic, um, the 7th Congressional District, which includes uh, a lot of Boston, it includes Randolph, some of Milton, Somerville, Everett, and Chelsea. So this particular congressional district, the cities in it were, many of them were among the hardest hit and, and all of the Commonwealth um, during the pandemic. And so it was really important that whatever funds, money out there that was available, it was important that it get into the hands of people that could then help the community. And so uh, State Senator Sal DiDomenico he's he's just he's a jewel he's a gem he's he's just awesome and if someone wants to come at me you know because he's a democrat you go right on ahead I invite you let's get down because he's just he's one he's a wonderful person and he's just he really cares about people and he knows what he's doing and so to that point There was a formula that was being used to calculate the the amount of money that was to go to different municipalities, and it was outdated and and it wasn't it wasn't particularly useful, particularly especially um, during the pandemic, which was an unprecedented crisis in many, many different respects. And so he got to work on advocating for it wasn't just Everett but I'm I'm going to speak about Everett because uh, I remember reading a lot in particular about how his efforts helped Everett. Uh, he got to work on advocating for more money and working with different people to get, including the governor to get this done, Uh, you know, then Charlie Baker and it, and it, and it worked. He was successful and he got more money into the hands of Mayor de Maria, whom I also love. I think he's fabulous, but it's just, it's good public servants doing good work. Right. So, it's actually good, I think, that I, I, you know, use an example of a Democrat because I want to make it clear that there are Democrats that I like very much. Right. So I guess that's not something I should say, because I am a Republican and I am a conservative Republican and I support Donald Trump. That None of that matters. If someone is good at what he or she does, I'm going to give that person credit Kudos, praise. There are even people who are center left or may even lean further left, but they know what they're doing. They're willing to work with other people. And what they don't know, they're going to put their heads down and, and and set about learning. And I respect that greatly, immensely. So, you know, there's certainly that. But let me get back to the concept of good government I think that good government comes from diversity. And so for me, diversity starts first and foremost with the way we think. It's intellectual diversity and it's political diversity. And so, yes, we do have to grow the Republican Party. It's maddening to me, infuriating even, that the numbers are so startlingly low here in Suffolk county in fact when i was saying this on 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 an on a, not another show uh that will be aired but it's 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 the numbers are very bad They're very low and Suffolk County less than 5% of registered voters are Republican. That is unacceptable. That isn't something that we can feel good about. That is not something we should feel good about. And when I see all these Republicans who live well outside Suffolk County weigh in on incidents or figures in Boston when the incidents or the figures make headlines, I get upset because, okay, so you want to weigh in on what happens in Boston. You want to comment on different actors. When are you going to roll up your sleeves and help make things happen in Boston? Now, personally, I've gone around the Commonwealth. I have. I've gone to different parts of the Commonwealth to try to support the Republican Party, and Republican candidates. But I think after a certain point in time, I said to myself, okay, can we get a little reciprocity here? We can't be a major political party and be under 10% statewide. But we really can't be a major political party and be under 5% and a county that holds the capital of the Commonwealth and is the economic engine and the unofficial capital of all of New England. We just, that can't be. And it's not just about Boston, because Revere is a very important city, uh, as is Winthrop and Chelsea. And we just we can't afford any longer to not come in. And so I am happy about the activity, that is is being carried out by Amy Carnavali who's the chair a chairman I think she's doing a good job I'm going to say that every chance I get because I am a very pragmatic person and I have goals and if there is someone or several someones or many or maybe many someones that can get me to where I want to go, you better believe that I'm going to work with those people. That's how it works, and and I like to think that it's that's in part me being a product of my environment. Um, you know, Boston, we're I think we're very pragmatic, no frills kind of people. Uh, but I also think it's it's me and, and how I am as a person. But we need we need to boogie. We need to grow. I remember ten years ago, I wrote an article about not being paralyzed, by an argument that we have seen to be, incre- that we've increasingly seen to be nothing more than a bogus argument of, of the the infighting being the result of moderates versus conservatives. That That's just a bunch of it. it it's, it's about one set of people fighting another set of people for power and they just simply couch it in, in, in terms of, Differences. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as say ideology because we are talking about the same party, um, but differences in in perspective vis a vis the core values of of the party. It's it's not about that because I'm conservative, and I don't agree with what's supposed to be, you know, what I'm hearing coming out of what's supposed to be the conservative wing of the party. There's some people, I listen to them speak, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And I don't need their approval to be conservative. Look, I'm going to tell people something, a little something. I've been conservative all my life. Before I ever met any of these people, regardless of where they are, what side of the fence they're on in the Republican Party, or whether they're somewhere in between. And I suspect that there are many people. In, in fact, I know that there are many people in between, and they just want people to stop fighting and stop being so darn selfish and just roll up their sleeves and get to work. And if they can't do that, then they need to step the heck to, to, to one side. As simple as step the heck to one side. It's enough already, but... You know, I'm going to say that before I met any of these people, before I knew any of these names, I was conservative. And if I were to move to the other side of the world tomorrow, I mean, it's not going to happen, but if that were to happen, I would still be conservative. I don't need to hang out with certain people. I don't need to adhere to a certain set of ideas that seem to be changing all the time. But I also don't need to to show that I'm open-minded and that I'm inclusive in so far as someone being ready to listen and entertain different ideas. I don't need to align myself with the moderates either. I am who I am. I'm a Republican, and I just think that Republicans just need to get to work. No, we need to reach out to more minorities. Look, we're not even reaching out to people who are supposed to be our stereotypical base, the white, older male. We're not even reaching out to all white, older men. We just need to reach out, period. If the person happens to be black, great. Black, brown, white, whatever. I don't care. Let's just start outreach. And I uh, think that's about it. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And I think that this relates to what I was talking about in the first part of the show, because for most of the show, be, because this this is also about a different perspective and a different way of looking at things and i think that's necessary vital even yeah necessary vital it's not just a good idea it's vital to the well-being and the health of any community and on that note i'm going to say thank you so much for listening to me rachel moslin on bostonian rap and i look forward to hanging out with you next week
1: The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.